FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 465 of the podcast that goes schlucked. I'm your host, Jason Clawcini Venable, and I'm joined once again by one of our favorites, John Pushing His Scoot Wilson. Hey, John. If I listened to one episode of your show a day, it would take a year and 100 <laughs> days. It's kind of insane. Damn. I mean, I was pretty proud of my 173 episodes on Magar's Marvel. Hey, you should. Um, that was the farthest I'd ever gotten on a show, but 465. Wow. Yeah, and I have at least 465 listens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty nuts. I had really no intention of ever doing this this long, but you're well, right. What's cr- What's fun is um, I, I stumbled across your show right back in the day yeah. um, when I was working on my X-Men read through and I was in the early days and you were kind of in the early days and mm-hmm. I caught up to where you were in your flashbacks and I kept on going ahead of you because I was reading faster than you were covering. Yes. But then my 90s reading kind of stalled out because I was focusing more on my Superman read through because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to get through the crisis and I finally read past the crisis on infinite earth story and i've read every superman related comic up until the end of 1987 at this point so which is great um but you've now caught up to where i left off so (laughs) this wolverine 76 our first issue we're reading tonight is the last one i had read so we are now in new territory for me so i'll be reading along with your uh with your show going forward nice and we're also in new territory for me i have a not read much of what we will call the, the bone zone of Wolverine. <laughs> the bone zone. <laughs> Welcome to Forget the bone the zone. flashback episodes. These are the bone zone episodes. Wait, is this like is this like Marvel's initiatives? They had like big time with Spider-Man and right? then, uh, you, you've got hammer time. You've got yeah. bone zone. <laughs> I don't know what comes next. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so you know, I think we talked about when we did our, our special for Fatal Attractions that, you know, we were getting pretty close to where I was about to jump out of comics for, uh, uh not several years, probably four or five years. Um, and Wolverine, unfortunately, I don't really, you know, I was trying to think of why. Why like that one just kind of fell off before my regular X Men books did, and the only reason I can think of is that I maybe I missed a few issues at the comic shop and just decided, and I do this a lot even today. <laughs> like if I am reading something and I'm kind of on the fence and I like miss an issue, I'm like, okay, well that was that was the universe telling me to drop this title, and I'll just kind of take it and go. Um, and so I don't know if that's what happened, but yeah, starting with seventy six. Until we get to like wherever I jump back in, which is like 130 something, mm. like this will all be brand new to me. So, so that that should be fun. But yeah, we are um we are still in Hammer Time. We are Hammer Time. I guess we'll call it Hammer Time Phase Two: The Bone Zone. I mean the official <laughs> designation. But we are um entering into stories where Wolverine has lost his adamantium, of course, from Fatal Attractions. Uh, Magneto doing that. And this, I know this goes in some interesting directions. So I'm really curious to actually kind of read these and and see some of the uh, devolution of Wolverine and Logan as Hammond. I'm glad to read that in real time. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I've heard very differing views on whether this period is any good or not. Um, well, that kind of goes for this era as a whole. I mean, yeah. we're at the end of 93 going into 94. And that's not widely heralded as comics's greatest era. Um, and, you know, you and I both thought of comics around the same time, but we were also really enjoying a lot of the aesthetics that took charge during right. this era. So yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that the stuff that people gripe about in the 90s was what made us fall off or if we were just getting older. 
<laughs> right. Well, I know for me, yeah, it was just timing. It was starting to drive, starting to unsuccessfully look for women. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not, not that I was any good at it, but it was at least more of an effort <laughs> than I right. had made previously. Um, and, you know, and, and starting to, to pick up some part-time work and stuff. It's just, you know, it's just a very, I was starting to become a little pre-adult and, yeah, I know you think it's one of those things like, oh, I'm too old or too cool for comics. I just, I ran out of time and money, and that was that. <laughs> Do but, you even know when he gets the metal back on his claws? Um, I think I know. I mean, I'm making an educated guess that the foil embossed cover of 100 is going to be right around that time, but I don't know that for sure. Okay, I'm flipping through covers, and I'm on 110, and I still see the jagged shape of the claws. Oh, interesting. Sort of grayish color okay. in the cover. Well, maybe it's 150 that has the big. I saw someone, you know, there's people, different people that tweet all kinds of different stuff in my feed, and um, I, I don't know if it was the 90s X-Men cover account, mm-hmm. but it tweeted a cover, like a big Wolverine cover that was, like, all shiny, and I'm assuming it was. I thought it was 100. Maybe it was 150. But I'm assuming it's going to be around there. Because this bone uh, zone lasts for quite a while. I think it does because I know it goes through different stages, right? Like we're still in the early stage where he's kind of just Wolverine without the the metal, but he goes through quite a bit of metamorphosis physically and emotionally that I I know of. Just looking at some of Adam Kubert's art. Um, you know, later in the nineties. So yeah. I think it's gonna be around Wolverine one hundred nineteen. Now whether it happens in Wolverine or in X Men, I don't know. But mm, um okay. Wolverine one hundred eighteen has Wolverine and Gene and Cyclops's dead body. Casualty of War is the cover. It's a zero tolerance storyline. Oh, and then one hundred nineteen, okay. he's popping his claws at the viewer. It's a story called Not Dead Yet, and he oh. is looking at us saying, Snicked, bub. Okay. So I think it's around then. So that's 1997. That is almost to the, yeah, exactly to the month, four years from now. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be tracking time that. to bone it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that at that point, you call your physician, right? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, so we're going to jump into a, a, the first kind of three-part arc of Wolverine with no metal. Um, okay, no, one, one more tidbit. Yes. It's, that's the end of the Hammerun. Oh. So he's bony until the end of Hammerun. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder if that's just coincidence or if like editorial was like, hey, we got to get the got to get the adamantium back and Hammer just wasn't he wasn't done with it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe there's maybe there was like a line wide, like everything's taking new directions. I don't know. Right. Yeah. We'll find out, though. We will. In several years. <laughs> maybe four, maybe more. Yeah, maybe a hair or less. We'll just see how, how things go. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you want to jump into the, the issues? Yeah. Sorry to mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, so go no, ahead and introduce no, the issues. Fine. You I have my permission. Love now. Our, <laughs> our sidebars and segues. So. All right. So, yeah, we're going to do uh, Wolverine 76 to 78. Um, and much like Bone Claws missing the adamantium, the plot here is maybe not quite as thick, but I think we still enjoyed it to different levels. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll hash that out. So, Wolverine number 76 is northern dream scree i'm assuming the scree is part of the title um written by larry hema guest pencils by tom coker guest inks by al milgram letters by pat Brousseau, colors by kevin summers and then of course harrison defalco are the editors then we have a cover by Dwayne turner which is i think just a floating figure of wolverine and a floating figure of lady death strike and then red action lines but it's not yeah. a back cover. What did you think of it? It's very. Um... <sighs> I don't know this. I, I see this and I would expect like um, Stormwatch characters to be jumping out of the out of yeah. the red lines. <laughs> so 
you know, I don't know if that necessarily is good or bad, but that's kind of the way I feel about it is that it's, it's kind of storm watchy. They're jumping at us. It's lady death strike. And so if you like lady death strike, this cover says, Hey, come read my story. Um, and Wolverine looks good. Dwayne Turner with all of his, like, you know, hair all over Wolverine and he's, you know, short and muscly. And so, yeah, it's, it's a decent cover. The claw does seem to be glinting, so I wonder if Turner drew this before oh, he knew what the story was. You are right. That is definitely a metal claw over there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, this synopsis is going to be pretty short, but let's, let's hit it. Uh, Logan is riding his motorcycle in Canada, but he wipes out. He is hurting and popping his bone claws makes it hurt worse. Some bikers find Logan and his wallet and take him to Heather Hudson's house. Lady Deathstrike catches wind of Logan being in Canada somehow and begins tracking him down. Logan wakes up at Heather's from a nightmare of Weapon X and Magneto. Which, by the way, you know, we're on issue 76. Wolverine's been around at this point almost 20 years. We're coming mm-hmm. up on, on 20 years. And it's really interesting that those are really his two biggest defining moments is, is Weapon X and then what just happened in Fatal Attractions are probably the two biggest Wolverine stories of that time. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Wolverine has had lots of cool moments, but as yeah. far as like big stories, because um, I mean, like even other stuff that's notable, like the fallout of Weapon X and him like going back and, you know, meeting Mariko and right. figuring out, um, what's memories and what's false memories. That was a good story, but it's not like a big defining moment in his life. Right. Yeah. I will say, I, you know, been reading this and then reading the X-Men alongside, I've been pretty impressed with how, and I'll get back to the plot here in just a second, but, but it's been pretty impressed with what a big deal fatal attractions ended up being and how long stories continue to spin out of that. Like it has, it has pretty major consequences for, you know, for what we talk about now, our comic readers sometimes complain about, like, event fatigue and just bouncing from status quo to status quo. Like, like Fatal Attraction changes the landscape for the X-Universe for a while, and it kind of stays there for a while. So I've been pretty impressed with that so far. But anyway, back to our story. Uh, Logan was out for two days and is still out of it. Yep, something's not working right. So Lady D tracks Logan to the bikes, uh, to the bikers, and asks them some questions with her claws, because that's the, the favorite way to ask questions. Heather uses her Alpha Flight clearance to help Logan track down some Weapon X leads. They learn about Pharaoh, and they also learn about Hines doing metallic experiments on immune systems and regenerative qualities. But alas, Hines is listed in the files as dead. And then... Puck and Lady Deathstrike show up. Yeah. <laughs> Puck walks in, Deathstrike jumps in, and we're off to the races. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, a couple of highlights. Um, you have anything about the first handful of pages that just jumped out at you one way or the other? Um. Well, after the Dwayne Turner cover, I was a little bit put off by the Tom Coker art. Yeah. Um, mostly his faces and Logan's hair. Oh, the I'm, meltdown hair. Yeah, which, <laughs> you know, in Meltdown, I felt like they were going for a stylized feel for the entire mm. book. Uh-huh. And I didn't really mind it so much because the whole book felt... I don't know, ethereal is not quite the right word, but just sort of, I don't know. This doesn't, this just feels like weird art. And yeah. the, uh, the, his, what should be short but notable points to his hair are pigtails <laughs> yeah. flying behind him like Pippi Longstocking, yeah. but aimed back. Right. Oh, yeah, like a switch back, almost like jet feeling. Um, yeah, is is weird. I don't, it, I got a little more used to it as the issue went on. You could, it was definitely kind of a, oh, Adam Kubert uh, got behind drawing that oversized issue 75, and now he's got to catch back up. <laughs> well, he'll be back next issue, which is yep. good. But this is, um, yeah, this is odd. 
Yeah. I do yeah. like the Mariko skeleton, though, in the dream sequence. And that looks pretty cool. Kind of um, darkness esque. Yes. Uh, and I, I am flipping to it. There's a lot of extra pages in this um, with the, all the Dragon Lance ads. Um, <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> but I did like seeing Mariko. I, I honestly always like remembering his love for Mariko. Like, if you want me to sort of get my heart a little twingy in a Wolverine moment, have him just say the say the name. Just say the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> um and it's gonna it's gonna, you know, have my heart reach out. Of course, then she like turns into Magneto or something, which is weird. He's all spiky. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting panel. I like the color work in the dream sequence. It's pretty cool. I really liked him being taken to Heather Hudson. I yeah. feel like the plot is a little bit of a stretch on the how and the why. Like he's <laughs> right. in Canada. So of course, random Canadian bikers are going to know Heather Hudson, the only other Canadian. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like something in the, in his wallet must've tipped them off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, there is, there is a, in, like you said, with death strike, there is a given explanation for why she goes, why she knows where he <laughs> is. Right. But it just seems like a little bit of a loose connection, a loose yeah. stretch. Um, I did really like the visual notes at the beginning of him, like trying not to hit the animals. Oh yeah. And you see the, uh, the rabbit. Well, I think the Fox was eating on the rabbit or chasing the rabbit or something, or maybe he accidentally hit the rabbit. I don't know. We have the dead rabbit and the Fox hiding from him. And then later when death strikes hunting him, she comes across that same rabbit. And it was just a nice visual that, like, he really tries hard as he's on his motorcycle going down the road not to injure the wildlife, right. which, you know, every conscientious driver does. But with Wolverine especially, that's just part of his thing. He's not going to hunt animals. Right. Just a plain tag, as he told Storm that time. But yeah, um... There's really not a whole lot to this. I do like the last page with Death Strike. I think she looks. It, that is a definitely kind of stylized splash page, but I think it works for her distorted figure. So that's pretty nice. And I need to figure out what's going on with her arms. <laughs> because <laughs> when we first see her, her arms are normal. There's a few scar lines on them, but. Then whenever she attacks, they turn into circuit boards. So I don't know if there's like paneling that retracts skin panels that like just go away into her arms or something or what. But she has normal arms and she has really um, circuit roidy arms. So I think if I remember right and listeners feel free to send me contrary evidence, but. When Silvestri drew Deathstrike, her arms would be normal until she started stretching, and then they would become more cyborg or robotic. And I think after people saw that, they were just kind of like, oh, that's cool. And so different artists just kind of said, let's just draw that all the time. <laughs> all right, just my my guess. Um, but if I remember correctly, though, Silvestri did kind of change the appearance depending on what I guess, physical condition she was in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot else to this. Um, okay. I was thinking about the whole shaving scene because mm-hmm. he's shaving. And then in the last panel of the page, he has his mutton chops back. <laughs> so his healing factor isn't working, but it will his regrow hair is- his hair. <laughs> So why he even shaved, unless he's shaving in front of the mutton chops and it's just weirdly drawn, but that shaving cream goes all the way back to his ears. Yeah, so in the first panel especially, like, it's it's a class, just a normal, this is what, quote-unquote, most people shave. I guess it, nowadays more people have beards, so it's not as, as obvious, but, yeah, and then when it looks like he shaves them all the way off, and you're right, they are still there in that very ugly panel in the, at the end. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I like him going to Heather. I like Puck showing up. I like 
when Wolverine's involvement in Alpha Flight is used in a story. Um, and generally, I enjoyed this issue. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the art took away a little bit. It would have been, it, it could have benefited from some Adam Kubert, <laughs> as we'll see mm-hmm. in the next couple issues. But um, yeah, overall, I I I like the plot. I like. I don't know if him learning about Pharaoh again goes anywhere anytime soon, but I like the idea of of Heather helping him try to like piece some of the Weapon X stuff together. Um, yeah, so overall, uh, pretty pretty good issue. And I wasn't sure if Hines maybe was going to turn out to not be dead because I know that she had been dead before and then turned right. out not to be dead during the. Um, <laughs> Right, but uh, according to the chronology project, her last appearance was sixty-four. So she's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um. So I guess we need to mention the healing factor a little bit. So it talks mm-hmm. about um, you know, I need to rip the adamantium clean out of me. Sent my healing factor into overload, and it kept me alive. That's something I had to stick around to do. But I think I maxed it out. So I guess the idea is that it was so traumatic which obviously makes sense, that his healing factor just kind of used itself all up, <laughs> putting him back together, or or used so much it's going to take a long time to come back, because... Yeah, like, it's like it, like it still works, but it's really sluggish. I think he's healing right. more quickly than a normal person would, and maybe can heal from things that a normal person wouldn't easily heal from. Or, he's dipping into just the mutants by virtue of being mutants <laughs> are just a little bit better than everyone, right. which has yep. been hinted at by Claremont a few times. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't have his mutant power healing factor, but he's still a mutant. So he still heals. I don't know, but everything is definitely slowed down. He's very killable at this point. Right. And it's funny. They never really completely resolved. Uh, some of the of Claremont tapping on the brakes of that. Um, so it just kind of adds. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that he, where his healing factor was messed up for a while and then they just stopped talking about it being messed up. Right. When, yeah. When Claremont left, (laughs) Jim Lee's like, I don't want to show a broken Wolverine. I want an awesome Wolverine. Right. We'll break him later after I leave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Well, any other, any other comments on, Oh, one more thing. Uh, uh, does Lady Deathstrike lick that motorcycle? Uh, she was licking something. Was it the motorcycle? <laughs> um, His blood. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. it's the seat the back. sissy bar. They call it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called? I don't know. If that's what it's called or not. But he, uh, Larry Hammond, really digs into the biker talk in this issue. <laughs> Okay, that might not. I I thought I'm looking at the art. I thought that was her tongue. I think that's just a pouty bottom lip. Oh, I think her okay. lower lip is just kind of full. Right. So she could be sniffing it. Okay, well, it's not, it's not is, the newest TikTok challenge. No, her head is definitely ticked back just a little bit, as if she had just licked it. But um, <laughs> we don't have to say that if we don't want to. Okay, all right. Well, I will elect not to. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. What do you think about this one? Um, it's all right. It's 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 a fun little story. Um, I'm leaning towards a four, but like a, an a upper four. But then the art makes me want to take points away. So I don't know if that takes it all the way down to a three or just a very weak four. Like if it's a three point six that rounds up. Right. Um, so I think I'm just going to stay with four for this one. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm right there as well. Um, I enjoyed the story enough that it's kind of a higher grade on the, on the plot, even with some of the contrived bringing together the characters. I still, there were enough elements there to like, um, but the art does take it down a little bit for me. So yeah, I'm right in the kind of the middle of the four territory. So four out of six claws. Is unanimous. Bone claws, yes. So that takes us to Wolverine 77, which um, was released. I had it in front of me two seconds ago. 
we're right at the end of 1990. Yeah, November 9th, 1993. So um, this is where the cover date is for the next year, January of 94. But we're still we haven't had Christmas yet. So right. Um, Adam Kubert is back. He did the cover. Wolverine is sitting on an overturned trash can with his claws out going. <laughs> Um, yes. There's lots of shading. Um, there's hints of a back alley where this trash can would be. Uh, the the background is just kind of hinted at more than actually drawn, though. Um, I would honestly say it's a less effective cover than the Turner one. It's not a bad cover, but oh, um, really? it's it's kind of the the previous cover was very well defined, and after the, with this one being less defined, I'm a little bit I'm less inclined to it. Okay, cool. I actually like this quite a bit. Um, I like kind of the uh, the lighting, almost like a, a street light or a car headlight, like bl- blowing on him. Um, I will say, I think I like the so this image will show up again inside. I think I like the inside image better, but I do I do still like the cover and the color work. So yeah, all right. Okay, so this is. Um the lady strikes the lady death strikes right right <laughs> larry hama's of course scripting over adam kubert's pencils uh, mike farmer who did our inks on the cover is joined by mike sellers and mark pennington on the inks inside so there are three inkers uh pat brosseau is the letterer so it makes you think that like Adam Kubert didn't just need time to catch up after 75. Like he was running late with this. Yeah. So he had to get three people to ink it, which does that, does that eat into the inkers income? Whenever the penciler runs late, does that take money away from the inker? I don't know. I mean, it would take away from their page count. And at this point in time, I'm pretty sure that's how they were paid. I don't know if they would have gotten a bonus for, maybe finishing some art mm-hmm. if that was the case and and most likely was but yeah i don't know that's an interesting question uh, pat Brousseau is lettering steve bucciletto is coloring bob harris is editoring and tom defalco is editor in chiefing um this story basically has three things happen in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah lady deathstrike attacks heather hudson's house and smashes stuff up so she and Wolverine fight and they basically fall out of the house. Um, Heather changes into her. Um, is she guardian still or vindicator now? Oh, does it say when she changes? I think she's just Heather right now, but or yes. at least on, on the, on the cut, on the page, on the script. Right. In any case, I think she has changed to vindicator by now. Cause I only know that she changes to vindicator. Cause I've read alpha flight up to this point. So I'm thinking she's Vindicator now. Um, so Wolverine's like, hey, you're after me because your father helped develop adamantium. I have adamantium and you want the adamantium because I don't know, you're going to build a shrine to your father out of it. I, I, I don't know why you want it, but <laughs> I don't have it anymore. See? And the claws, you know, slime out and she's like oh there's no adamantium how did that happen that's impossible adamantium can't do that he's like magneto she's like oh (laughs) wow that must have hurt so i'm really sorry logan here let me touch your face creepily and um then i'm just gonna i'm just gonna skadoosh away all right bye and she jumps away um so they're all three like recovering. She goes back to her car and talks to the guy who sent her there. And she's like, you know, whatever um, there's honor involved and you don't understand because you're not Japanese. Um, <laughs> but Scylla shows up and she's like, I understand. Um, and she also has been wanting Wolverine because she wants revenge because she's a reaver and that's what they do. Rando named blood scream whom I do not remember whatsoever, but evidently yeah. He, yeah, he was in the early issues with um, Madripoor and the Princess House. Club. There were with two whom? guys. There was Bloodstream and then the big beefy guy. I think his name was his name Roundhouse or. I'll believe you. Gosh. I don't remember their names, but yes, they were, they were, it was a little 
very prim and proper vampire and then this giant just muscle head. And they were two of the guys that were in the early Madripoor stories. Weren't they also sticks and stone in the amazing (laughs) Spider-Man? I I mean, really a little better, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't really care for sticks and stone. (laughs) No, like, yeah, they're, they're fine. They're (laughs) early nineties. Larson, it's fine. Yeah. Um, anyways, so they're like, but Deathstrike, the whole reason we're teamed up with you is to go after Wolverine, and now you're not going after Wolverine. We're still going to go after Wolverine. And so Logan says goodbye to Heather. She gives him some money. Or no, he gives her some money to help pay for the Hudson Redecoration Fund. He's on the road right now, though, so where is this money coming from? I don't know. <laughs> and um, he drives away, and Scylla and Bloodscream follow him into the next issue. John, yeah, the money comes from the bone zone. Oh. <laughs> Are he and Heather still like that? Oh, no, I don't know. No, I'm I'm imagining more. Oh, you know, I, I just <laughs> unintentionally associated money with them having sex. I did not mean to do that. I was just going off the bone zone joke. Right, but, right, right. Um, You're good. But yes, <laughs> I'm not trying to insinuate anything. Not that there's anything wrong with sex work. I just, you know, right. whatever. Um, so yeah, three um, things. She attacks, she says sorry, and Scylla and Bloodscreen follow her. Follow right. him. So to answer your question, I did find the page when Heather is running out of the living room, she says she's gonna go put on her guardian suit. So Okay, well maybe I'm wrong about the whole vindicator thing. But um this issue does something really fun that I would not want to happen on a regular basis. But I really liked in this, the first page when you open yeah. it, you've got mm-hmm. an ad on the inside cover is a full page of Lady Deathstrike jumping in. Next page, you to open it to a two-page spread of the entire living room. On the left is Lady Deathstrike half a second later after she's jumped through the window. And on the right is Wolverine ready to fight back. And of course, Puck and Guardian are tossed to the side. Turn the page... Deathstrike collides with Wolverine and pushes him through the wall. And there's an ad on the facing page. Turn the page again, and they're colliding into the fridge in the kitchen. So it's like a motion shot that is really five pages. For five pages. A little gratuitous? Yes. Should they immediately start copying this and doing it every issue? No. But I like it here. I thought it was very effective. I thought the art was fantastic. It's all very um, detailed. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of detail. I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned like the physical attributes of putting a comic book together. And I know they probably have templates where they put ads. I think if they could have maybe just switched page five for the ads so that you saw those two together, that would have really helped. But I think it's awesome. It's an awesome effect. I think the separation works well enough for it, though, because it, if they were next to each other, there'd be a doubling effect. That's true. Yeah, maybe. But I think turning the page to get the last, you know, frame of the motion works pretty well. I guess it work either way, but I, right. do, I do like this. I'm gonna. Um, What's that? There's actually a term for this, and if you don't remember, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but um, because I obviously can't remember. But there's a term for when you have an illustrated media like action that follows through one panel. It's the something effect. Anyway, um, it, it'd be cool to like put these together into like one long horizontal poster and just see the motion through the panels or through the. Sometimes you'll have it on a single horizontal strip of panels, like the background of the panels all fit together as one background, right. but mm-hmm. the divisions of the panels have a character moving through the space. Yeah. Um, and I did not know that had a name. I've always referred to it as something like the time, time lapse <laughs> or something like that. Right. But, um, if it has a name, I, I don't, don't know if I've ever heard it. Okay. Um, all right. Um, are you the, are you like me? Do you ever get Yuriko and Yukio a little bit mixed up in your brain? <laughs> not as people, but as names. Yes. Okay. I, I know who they are separately. Blame the white person in me, but, um, yeah, Yuriko and Yukio are, are similar names. And the fact that they're both so closely tied to Wolverine's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of Japanese stories are, you know, I won't say unfortunate because I, I think they're both fine names. But um, it's just, you know, 
our own linguistic ethnocentricity can right. throw us off. Right. Um, I mean, like if his two best friends were Bob and Robert. <laughs> that's probably that's probably right. a terrible comparison. They probably have distinct meanings, whereas Bob and Robert are actually the same name. But no, so I apologize. That was incredibly ignorant sounding. <laughs> but they really trash Heather's apartment. They trash they the do. TV. They trash the oven. They trash the refrigerator. They trash the stairs down into the basement. Yep. And this uh, the house is not going to have a very high listing on Zillow for sure. Mm-hmm. It is in the dumps, man. Um, so refreshing to see like just big Adam Kubert art. It's like, really it's so nice. good. And uh, the, you know, I, I may not have said the most glowing things about the cover, but. You know, throughout this, every single panel looks great. Um, having <laughs> having her friend just sitting in the car watching all the wreckage happen, <laughs> it reminds me of. Um, have you seen Kick Ass? Uh, the first one. Yes, the first one. You don't need to see the second. Well, I hate to tell people not to do something, but right. um, I do not recommend the second one. But the first one I really, really love. It's one of my favorite yeah. films out there. And there's a one scene where the mob boss, the big bad of the movie, um, leaves behind some people to torture a guy. And he goes and sits in the limo with his son. And they're talking about going to the movies and getting like Twizzlers and pretzels and a Diet Coke or whatever. And as they're having this very pedestrian conversation, this very domestic discussion, you can hear the torturing. <laughs> And uh, the gunshot of the guy finally being killed in the background, just quietly, but it's there. Right. And I feel like this kind of like this here. This guy's just watching all of this destruction happen inside, but he's sitting on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a funny scene. Uh, the driver's like, uh, I'm, I'm when the driver gives him advice and the, he kind of gets talked back and the driver's like, hey, I'm just, just totally looking out for my own job security. <laughs> Um, yeah, then we get the cover image again, but in an all black panel. Um, it looks, I think it looks really great. Uh, I think more effective in the black with just the light from the swinging, uh, light bulb. Mm-hmm. And I guess we know now it's not an alleyway. This is actually like in the basement, which makes me question whether the cover should also be the basement and whether that's a trash can or a water heater now that I'm looking at it. But, um, are those the same pencils? I can't, I was trying to tell if they're like a clone or if he just drew the same thing twice. Like they're really close. And I don't know back then, like, I don't know how much digital penciling was going on. I don't think it's like a copy and paste, but he could have traced it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But even like, like even the cord on the light bulb, like if you look at the little chain that comes off the light bulb that you can see really easily on the front cover, but not as easy in the panel, it's exactly the same. It makes the same shape, goes in front and behind the claws the same way. Uh, the wood breaking is the same way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's not, if it's not a trace, it's super close. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. There's, I almost think there's not enough difference for him to have actually drawn this from scratch twice. Like, I don't know if anyone can be that good. <laughs> these are the, the, the yeah, these are definitely the same pencils. There, there's enough little teeny tiny details mm-hmm. that are exactly the same. Some of the ones you're mentioning, but also smaller things like where his pants fold, um, yeah. the curvature of the water pipe the water hitting the ground in the same shape. Um, the, the all the, the shirt. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you do? I mean, how, are you allowed to do that? Did he get paid for the inside <laughs> drawing and for the cover? I would imagine so. Cause that's uh that's a sneaky tiki <laughs> right there. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Lady Deathstrike is completely shocked and appalled by the fact that Wolverine now has bone claws. Um, her, her face on the on the page facing that 
shadowy alley thing. Uh-huh. Where she's got like the Popeye and like the, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but there's two things I really love about the sequence. One is at this point we're still using different sound effects, which I think is fantastic because metal and bone would make different noises coming out of his hand. Um, I also just, I really love the choice they decided to do with Deathstroke. I'm sorry, with Deathstroke. Deathstroke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not Deathstroke. I'm, I'm having a stroke. Um, yeah, where where she really does like channel an inner sympathy that we've not seen much of as a right. character. And I just think it's really interesting and a cool take where actually Wolverine's the one who kind of makes it combative again, almost like he has a death wish, right? Like you, Cause you almost get the sense and it's hard to tell for sure. And, and obviously you got to base all your interactions on, on previous interactions and all they've ever done is fight. But you almost wonder had Wolverine just stood there when she just walked away at that point. But instead, he kind of like makes her cut his shirt some more, pulls her hand away, and is like, "Hey, if you want to kill me? Fine. Just let my friends go." And I kind of like she was already about to go, <laughs> but you know, Wolverine's a little impetuous, right? This character trait. Um, and then we have you know the awesome uh, sideways splash of Deathstrike jumping away. Um, maybe a little bit too much '90s cleavage, but that's all right. It still looks yeah. Real. It looks, I mean, it's a nice panel. Other than making them less pronounced, if you're going to do that shot, you're going to have yeah. to do something there, but right. maybe you just don't do that shot. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was also trying to figure out how to read the, the scene between them. And I don't know. I feel like if I had somebody in my life whose only associations uh-huh. with me were negative. Right. And then they started doing like pity or or something or kindness or whatever. I don't think I'd appreciate it. I, I I can honestly see Wolverine like almost being angered by the fact. Oh, okay. That she's like, being gentle to him. Like, like it hurts you don't, you his don't, pride, right? Or just you don't get to do that. You don't get <laughs> you don't get to be that person in my life. You don't get to try to make me feel better for shit that's going on when you've done nothing but try to kill me my entire life. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's That's just kind of how I'm feeling with it. Yeah. That's interesting. But also he, uh, uh, he makes the point that, you know, if if we're going to keep fighting, it's just with me. It's not with Heather and Pugs to leave them out of it. But then she's like, actually I'm all done. So I'm just going (laughs) to. Right. But it's weird though. She says they will settle their debt later. So it's, it's like almost like, you always get the sense like she's going to go off and figure out, like, I have to find another reason to hate Wolverine. I can't kill him now because I don't know what the reason is yet, but I'll figure it out, and then we'll we'll fight again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you, what I, do I you think know. of the idea of her, um, I guess, honor and grudge? Because Wolverine and – well, actually, I, I feel like Wolverine's take changes in the issue – but he kind of approaches it like, well, yeah, I don't have the adamantium, but your beef is still with me. But he didn't kill her dad, so that was that the guy in Daredevil. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think of kind of the – I mean, I think it's an interesting story point. Do you think it makes sense that Wolverine would think she still has a beef or that she would still have a beef? Um. So if I recall correctly, her motivation is that Wolverine has stolen the adamantium, therefore somehow, you know, ripping off her father. Right. Or, or she feels why, like Weapon X stole, stole it and he's the result. If she can somehow get it back and be the sole owner of it, then she can restore like her father's dignity or something. Right. So now that that's gone. Um I don't think she should still have anything against him. And interestingly, she doesn't show up much. No. I, I did a search. She's in the Domino miniseries. I don't know what year that is. And she's in one of Hama's last Wolverine issues, 114. I don't know why she goes back after him since he still doesn't have you know metal then. But he gets hmm. it five seconds later, and she comes back in the 170s. Um so she does basically leave him alone during this bone zone era. <laughs> Interesting. 
All right. But um, I... Well, I can talk about Scylla and Bloodscreen with the next issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it's got to show up. Um, okay. And then we do have, I don't know if you have it, um, a splash page by Antonio Daniel with the, the classic fishhook Wolverine claws that some people give him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do have that. Yeah, when the claws are uh, unusually curved or fish hooked at the end, I'm kind of like, do you understand how these are supposed to work? Right. <laughs> you know? Now, if they only came in, like, to the knuckles, then it's okay because then the, it can hook around the knuckles and you can still kind of see them when they're not extracted. But, yeah, they, right. cannot, they cannot fully come back into the arm. Or if they have a little button at the base, like Daredevil's um, rod <laughs> thing, that he just pushes a button and it crooks the end of the of the of the baton. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think he has that. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that Daredevil having it makes much sense either. But you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, Wolverine's blades should be either perfectly straight or only slightly curved because they go into his arm. <laughs> right. And. Um, his arm only has so much space for a curved blade to go into it. So it needs to be like very shallow curve. Yeah. And no, I don't like the fish hooks at the end. <laughs> All right. Well, um, what do you want to do on this one? This was my favorite of the three. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, it's, it's very shallow plot wise. There's not a whole lot going on. It's kind of the fight that was set up in the previous issue. So we got more character stuff in the first issue, but the action was good. There was a lot of good dialogue. The stuff between Deathstrike and Logan at the end, even though we're not sure exactly where it's intended to go after this, I felt it was meaningful at the time. Yes, I agree. Um, and I really liked this. I, with, with the art, bring it all home. I'm going to give this five of the six um, bone claws. Okay. Well, I'm going to go straight sixes. I, I love this issue quite a bit. For all the same reasons you said, I'm just going to grade it a hair higher. All righty. All right. Well, that's going to take us to 78. Our last oh, I thought issue. we were done. Okay. Oh, we got one more. <laughs> <laughs> this is Death Dock, a test of metal. Um, with all the same... Oh, we're missing one of the inkers. So the inkers are only Mark Farmer and Mike Sellers. Everything else is the same. Um, on this cover, we have like a classic whiteout blizzard cover. And in a snowbank with some blood, we have Wolverine being grappled by Scylla. And they're all breathing out their hot breath. And then we have Blood Scream with his ponytail whipping in the wind and a katana blade behind his back, raised over his head, about to stab everybody. What do you think of the cover by Mr. Kubert? It's a pretty good cover. Um, I don't love the characters, but it, it's it's pretty striking. The, the white slash going through them grabs the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not expecting the cover, the, the, the figures to cut off there. So right. the idea that they're in a snowbank is immediately communicated with that white slash and then the red blood being dripped on it is pretty effective as well i think if the red blood weren't there it'd be more confusing exactly why that white slash was there right um and he just erase is that one of those eraser swords right (laughs) (laughs) what is it um oh in the fantastic four guy there's the fantastic four guy i feel like there's an Ant-Man issue. Oh, maybe that's what it is. With yeah. the eraser. Yeah. And like to send you to another dimension, he swipes uh-huh. his hand over you. <laughs> yeah. Ar- yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. I have long hair. Um, I had long hair in high school. It's a little bit longer now than it was then. And um, long hair is annoying in the wind. Mm-hmm. And if his ponytail is long enough to be whipped about, by you know as long as it's on the on the page that's going to be the most annoying thing <laughs> to ever deal with hair yeah. is annoying women have been dealing with hair 
for millennia. And I know that lots of cultures, you know, men traditionally have long hair as well. But 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 wow, it's yeah. definitely frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite a bit there. All right. So in this one, um, Logan leaves his bike. Excuse me. <clears throat> Logan leaves his bike at Heath Junction and hikes off into the Great White North. He catches a scent of Scylla and Bloodscream tracking him and decides to lay a trap. We get an origin for the Ishida Honor Blade. It's made from a meteor. And Bloodscream, he's an old pirate zombie who needs immortal blood to break the curse. Okay. Um, Wolverine leads his hunters through the mountains and back to the town of Logan where his bike was delivered to the town in general. <laughs> um, Bloodscreen turns on Scylla, and then Wolverine decaps him with the Yashida on her blade. I didn't catch that it was the town of Logan. I noticed her saying it was delivered to just Logan and no one else, no other name. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it was sent to the town of Logan. So... So they don't Logan say that, randomly but stumbles a into the town. Sign. Yeah. Yeah, I see it there. I see it there now. <laughs> Welcome to Logan. So Logan randomly stumbles into the town of Logan and is eating burgers where his bike has been delivered to Logan. That's <laughs> that's a happy collection of coincidence right there. That is that is pure hammer time. Like that is hammer time to the max right there. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of funny, the humor mostly works. It's pretty clever. Um, yeah, that is that's classic, classic hammer. Um, so, what do you think of Bloodscream turning into the Violator in this issue? Um, did I miss that? Look in the look in the first, the sideways title page. Okay. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> it was like, wow. Okay, but it's a lot more subdued through the rest of the issue. But yeah, he definitely has the Violator <laughs> jaw going on there, or basically any of the Spawn demons from the Malabolgia. Right. Yeah. Um, wow, that is a... <laughs> he definitely needs to see his orthodontist. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, you know, just let me mention, I, I know you're on hiatus, but if people want to go listen to some old All the Pouches episode, talk listen to mr wilson here talk about spawn and the violator they're really good episodes so so do you mind if i just tease on that a little bit sure yeah so um when i was originally going to do that image show i was planning on doing valiant and image and Uh as i was working my way through the early 90s i got to valiant not even a year after my brother had died. And so I wasn't really feeling like getting back on the podcast bandwagon at that time. Right. Uh, Cause after he died, I, I just stopped podcasting for a while. Um, and so I didn't do the Valiant comics. I've been, but as my Superman read through, which, you know, I've read every Superman comic from 1938 to 1987, as it's going <laughs> through the end of the eighties and getting back to the nineties, I'm thinking, Hey, uh-oh. I'll be reading through the same era again. I could reread some classic Valiant and do some Valiant podcasting, and that will take me back into all the pouches, and I can revive <laughs> that show. So it is definitely percolating in my brain on um, ways to get back into that show. Um, I've already been thinking about getting back into it, um, but now I might I might do some Valiant too. And Valiant nice. Image and Spawn. Spawn is one of my favorite books that they did in those early 90s. So Yeah. And it's one of the one of the ones that is most consistent, I think, even with some of the early kind of weirdness. Yeah. Different creatives coming out. But by the time you get Capullo on that book, like it, it rock and rolls for a while. <laughs> Looking but, forward to it. Yeah. So um So speaking of Blood Scream, which we were because yeah. he turned into the he uh he talks like a guy who is trying to do the old fashioned English, Uh but didn't actually grow up speaking it (laughs) because he doesn't follow any of the grammatical rules of that kind of speech. And word choices. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, when you're reading like, I don't know, either King James Bible or some Shakespeare or other stuff that, 
you know, makes liberal use of thou's and these and hath and hast and, you know, putting T's on the end of verbs whenever this being spoken. There are rules on how all of that is supposed to work. And you can actually, you know, if you know them, you can speak that way and they would have understood you in 1604. Um, but he doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> so maybe he's just forgotten because of the centuries go by or I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Probably Larry Hama didn't know how. But that's yeah, I would imagine that. Yeah, this is the most likely scenario. So what do you think of kind of our extra, can we get some extra origin around the uh, Yashida Honor Blade, and then we get an extra origin around Bloodscreen. Do either of those spark any particular interest for you? And did you find those to be valuable additions? I hadn't thought about the Yashida Blade being um, forged from alien metal. Yeah. Now this is not this is not the black blade, right? It's not the mirror musa blade, the one that can like cleave adamantium. Right. This is yeah, just no. this is just Mariko's family sword mm-hmm. that was given to him and like they said that, you know, you're not worthy of the sword, you're not worthy of her, that kind of thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And he just has he had it all this time or did blood scream? Yes. No, he's okay. had it every now and then like with Sylvester here. I think even Jim Lee a couple of times, like he had a scene where Wolverine like went to his room and be like on his dresser, <laughs> like on the two little, um, I don't know, sword holders. I don't know what you call those, like the display. And it would be kind of just on display, like in his living quarters. I, can, I think it's been a while since it's been a story element. I think it's mostly just been like dressing um, in his his scene. But yeah, I'm maybe, really maybe it's curious. been packed on his motorcycle, and so he hasn't right. used it. I believe if and I'll I'll go back and look. I think in Wolverine seventy five, it's one of the things he picked up mm-hmm. when when Jubilee's reading a letter. Right. So I, I believe it's something that he put on his bike in his backpack. Um, probably something that, and I kind of look at it this way, right? Like, you know, the whole purpose of him leaving the, the Xavier's is, you know, he's gone through this trauma. He's having some doubt about his contribution to something like the X-Men. But then also, I, what I'm hoping to get out of these Wolverine issues that we're embarking on here is a, a kind of journey of self-rediscovery, right? Like finding out who he is now with, you know, having gone through this trauma. And I, I would think, you know, especially as important, I like to think the Mariko relationship is that, that taking a piece of her with him makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Right. I, I, I definitely yeah. like its inclusion. I like that he's carrying it. I, I think yeah. I've forgotten that he was doing it. I'm not sure what it being a meteorite iron <laughs> adds to it. I'm trying to remember if that comes into play in any future stories. And if it does, I haven't read them. So. It was Yashida Hoken who subdued the powerful bandit lords of the North 800. And then my um, my things cover up. Something Blade said to have been hammered from meteorite iron by demon smiths in the caves of Kyushu. <laughs> Yashida Noken or Hoken had Masamune himself reforge the blade into a new sword. So it was forged by demon smiths, but then it was reforged by a famous actual swordsmith in Japan. And so even though it was originally demon smiths and meteorite iron, now it's the honor sword. Yep. Yeah, I guess the I guess the Masamune kind of redeemed it in some way. I'm I'm guessing is the point we're trying to take from that. But that is a cool page, though. That whole page of Wolverine kind of struggling against the blizzard and the sword kind of mm-hmm. coming out to the reader. So, yeah, that it's a two-page poster style. Yeah. And I got to say, I couldn't give two farts about Bloodscreen's origin. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Really uh, I actually, at all. I've had to stop reading. I don't know, you know, stuff happens in interrupts your reading. And I came back to this part, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't even care. Um, and I... <laughs> I kind of, I didn't skim all of it, but that was not like grabbing my attention, getting back in. And so I was just kind of, just kind of hanging on through the rest of this issue and don't feel like I missed a whole lot. 
Right. And at the finally at the end, whenever Wolverine finally confronts Bloodscream, it's on the next to the last page. Samurai duel one slash he's done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the end of the issue. So it's almost like a big old strung out build up to nothing. <laughs> it kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, what I mean, so I really love the art still. Like Hubert is the still, still delivering good. the goods. Um, as far as the story wise, the next issue, Cyber. <laughs> <laughs> like after fine. this we're gonna get yeah. a cyber yeah so that'll be interesting because you know he's out of man team as well but i i was like okay the the what's coming next is maybe more interesting than what we actually read <laughs> but yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a bad issue but it definitely you know for as strong of a writer as hama is this one this one lives on the art almost entirely i felt like Mm-hmm. Okay, well, any other comments on our anticlimactic conclusion here? No, is Scylla actually dead? Did he actually kill her? I don't know. No, she's back in 80. Oh, wow, that's not that long. Okay. Um, oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, him killing her is done in a... Fl- I'm looking at the chronology project. They separate the the main timeline appearances from any flashback appearances. So okay. he actually kills her in a flashback because blood scream doesn't show up until the, he, he's on the first page where they're fighting issue full of flashbacks. Last page, their, their, their fight ends. Huh. Okay. Um, but she is not actually dead. Although she might be, she only shows up in 80 and then she's done. So still has gone. Okay. I, I won't right. miss her. No, pretty nondescript uh, bad guy. Not Blood scream lot. sticks around, though. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he is immortal. Rough I guess. House. Rough House with the other guy's his partner's name. Yeah. I don't know why I keep trying to say Roundhouse, but it was Rough House. Back in Madripoor. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you want to grade this one? This is my this is my low bar. Um, the art keeps it from being a two. Um, it's a very pretty two and rounds up to a three. Okay. I did not enjoy this. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stick with a four. I did. I think the art carried a little more weight for me. Kind of the opposite of 76, right? 76. I really, I thought the story was pretty strong. The art was not as much. This one art was really strong story. Not as much, but I'm going to kind of grade them the same way. So Yeah. Well, that's our first Bone Zone story in the books. Yeah. Um, it'll be curious to see how things go from here, because this is a interesting era for the X-Men. Scott and Jean are getting married and going off on their um, future hop and honeymoon in the adventures <laughs> yeah. of Cyclops and Phoenix. There's an ad for it at the end of this book. Yeah. I've never read I've never any read. of that. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'll be reading I'll be reading through some of that over the next few weeks and months. Um I need to read the X-Men and Spider-Man issues that came out during these three months before I start moving forward. So um, anyways, yeah, this was uh, this was fun. I'm I know that Hama has better in him. So I'm hoping for better going forward because these three were overall just take the arc as a whole. It was just kind of OK. Yeah. Um, the Death Strike stuff had a bit of an emotional impact at the end. But other than that, you could just kind of keep on going. Um, right. I'm hoping for better stuff. After this, we'll see if Cyber has anything to deliver. <laughs> we'll see. Um, that one made me iffy. But yeah, but he did not. The first Cyber story was Peter David. So it'll be interesting to see what, what Hamas take is on the character. Right. Whether it's as silly or not. But all right. Well, awesome. Well, as always, John, thanks a lot for coming on and chatting with me. Uh, anything you, you want to talk about? Um. So... As this is being done in the end of 2021, um, I have created a finite podcast called Superman in Crisis that is going to start release the first week of January. Look for it on January 3rd. Um, I have not built the website yet because we're recording in October. I still have two and a half months. Yeah, Um, you got time. But it's going to run for a year and a half. 
And it's going to look at every issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths and all of these Superman family of characters comics that came out at the same time and then continuing on after Crisis all the way up to the end of that Superman with whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. And so you'll get you'll get my first read reactions to whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow because I had never read it before actually except for crisis i hadn't read really any of these superman stories before um but since what everyone talks about is whatever happened um but yeah so going through those comics and talk about what happens so you'll see the end of supergirl and the sort of petering out and just not really being used superboy and i wanted to get more (laughs) power girl and they weren't giving it to me either so you know but um but still i had a good fun time and just i don't know what website that's going to be on i'm probably going to do it on johnreadscomics.com, but it'll be in our podcatchers. Just look for Superman in Crisis, so it'll be out there. Nice. Looking forward to it. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? I am at johnreadscomics, no H, and my website with the All the Pouches uh, podcast is at johnreadscomics.com. I want to overhaul that site and reorganize the feed so that all of my shows can be found at John Reads Comics. Nice. I just haven't figured out how to do that <laughs> yet. Right. Uh, I haven't found an easy way to change the feed on a show. Mm. Um, Cause I want to make all the pouches a sub show at John Reed's comics, not gotcha. the main feed. Okay. Anyways, I'll figure it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, as always listeners for the podcast, it goes Nick. You can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com. Um, and just continue to implore everyone to be smart and safe. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of your families out there as we're still some pretty turbulent times. But um, just thank you all for taking the, the chance to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed having John on as much as I did. And we will do it again soon. So until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. Snacked. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder what the opposite. So, if Snicked has a snack, what does Schlucked have? I don't uh, know. Maybe just does he even schlucked. pop his claws in this issue? He has that sword the whole time. That's true. I don't think he does. Does he? I think he only popped his claws in. No, he popped his claws in seventy-seven to show Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, he popped his claws in seventy-six um, before passing out. Um. Does he pop his once what happens at the end of the death strike? Scene? Okay, so the sound they're the same right now. So we have a schluck with a T at the end, and then a schluck without a T is the snacked. So Okay. Okay. Well, that's what we're going with for now. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta start saying and schluck. And schluck. <laughs>